You're not cheating on your wife if you eat my lemon square. Your lemon squares taste like ass. Welcome back to Horror Queers. It's a bonus episode, and I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and yes, uh, we're doing a kind of end-of-year wrap-up, everyone, uh, just to kind of, uh, I don't know, talk about things that we liked and fond memories from this year, and of course, our uh, bloopers. Oh my god, so many bloopers. So many bloopers. But uh, yeah, Joe, um, another year gone by. <laughs> uh, let's wax nostalgic about the year that was 2022 it's been not busy at all super chill super easy yeah yeah i mean i think for a lot of folks this year felt like a bit of a return to normal after quote-unquote the pandemic ended yes yeah. wear a mask when you can it's really easy <laughs> Um, but Trace, we had some interesting horror stories this year. So why don't we start with like, what was happening in the world of horror this year? Yeah, I mean, we kicked off the year with the bang, right? We had Scream come out. Actually, I'm sorry, let, let's bigger picture this, right? We had a lot of um, legacy sequels or just sequels to big established IPs. So we kicked it off with Scream. We got Texas Chainsaw Massacre in February. We got Hellraiser. We got Halloween Ends. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, were people really up in arms about either defending or criticizing <laughs> all of these films. <laughs> Yeah, to the point that we actually did a YouTube video talking about the kind of like fandom dying on the hill, going after people, just the vitriolic response that people were having pro or con. It just seemed so, I don't want to say ridiculous, but people were really going for each other's throats. You know, yeah, and everyone, you've probably heard snippets of this on our Patreon episodes if you've subscribed to our Patreon, because obviously we only cover new films on the Patreon, so if you <laughs> want to hear that, please go subscribe, but... Yeah, it, it, I don't want to like belittle or downplay like the affection people have for these franchises. I mean, look, oh, sure. we we are huge horror fans, right? Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it was like um, it's that that thing we're kind of seeing more of, where it's like if you don't like a movie, you are personally attacking me. Or again, flip side, if you like this movie, you're not a true fan, and so you're an affront to the fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Scream got off of like the easiest with this because I think at least with that one, the general consensus was it's fine too good to great. I didn't see mm-hmm. a lot of people that were saying like, oh, this is insulting to the franchise. Unlike well. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Yeah, I think the the closest we got and folks, you can go and listen to our Patreon episode on Scream 2022. But it felt like people didn't like the fact that all of a sudden the franchise was being fronted by two women of color. But apart from, you know, racist assholes, it mostly (laughs) went down easy. Whereas I think all of the other IPs hellraiser texas chainsaw massacre halloween ends people felt like "Ooh, this isn't exactly doing the thing that i love and as a result maybe i don't love it as much yeah and it's a thing where it's um i mean texas chainsaw massacre again <laughs> that that franchise is up and down mostly down Ooh. in quality across it's like you know i want to say 10 entries um i own mm-hmm. all of them i should know this but um, i mean the same with halloween like people love a couple entries but there's a bunch of big swings and weird misses in that franchise too right but then with hellraiser it's like okay like you have the first 
two for most mm-hmm. people, three for some people, four for even fewer people, and then it's like right. there hasn't been a good one of those movies since the early nineties, and so it's no. like, but but that one is more. It was more different in the sense that it was people were the people that took issue with it were like, this isn't the Hellraiser that I like and love because mm-hmm. as we discussed in that episode, like it wasn't. It was kind of downplaying the sex of it. It was doing something different with the mythology that had already been established. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if nothing else, all of these films cemented the fact that people have a lot of feelings about them, which confirms that you should continue making legacy IP because it will get people talking. But in a lot of these cases, it did seem like people were more interested with what happens next. Like, did Halloween yes. ends effectively kill this franchise? Answer no. But, you know, for Scream, we want to know where it's going to go next. We want to see the same with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, can they redeem themselves? Can they pull it back? And so on, which I think is interesting. Like, it's kind of fun to see people say, this didn't hit the mark for me, but I want to know where it goes next. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing where I'm not ever going to be upset about getting new entries in franchises that I love, no matter how sure. good or bad. But honestly, let's move on, because what was doing really well this year also was original IP horror. We had a lot Ooh. of original horror films that not only were received well critically, but also made a lot of money. Oh, boy. Yes, the trifecta of the fall that is Smile, Barbarian, and Terrifier 2 just raking in the dough yeah it, it is wild and it's you know, again some thing it's a thing where i'm like i will never even if i didn't like any of these movies which um i do actually like all of them uh to varying mm-hmm. degrees but it's a thing where i'm just like oh i'm just so happy you know because we always have that that question that's asked every year by someone where it's like is horror dead no oh horror <laughs> will never be dead um it will always be a moneymaker and even in times like a pandemic where it's like oh like there's there's certain genres of movies that aren't doing well theatrically and that's why we see them moving more so to streaming first mm-hmm. not really the case with horror i mean we have our straight to streaming releases but even those are of higher quality than what we would deem direct to video back in the 90s and 2000s Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of people are going to look back fondly on 2022 as a good year for horror, but particularly a year that once again confirmed, if you are looking to make money, this is the genre for you. And folks, we also have episodes on all three of those titles on the Patreon. So if you want to hear us speculate about why they connect with people and make so much money, you can listen to it there. Well, we had adaptations like Black Phone did really well. Um, Mm -hmm. A24, I think, is, is arguably getting more like well known among the main among mainstream audiences so like x Mm -hmm. while x and pearl may not have done like gangbusters business they all did relatively well and people were seeing them yeah and we're seeing awards chatter for mia god so yeah could this finally be the year that we start to get a little bit more mainstream awards recognition i.e this is me plugging the fact that we have the hereditary awards which have been recognizing horror films for many years but the sad fact is that those awards exist because it's us and like bangorious chainsaw awards that basically (laughs) only recognize horror and one more thing though before we even move away from this let's i mean streaming things i mean like look Mm. look at um uh hulu knocked out of the park with prey and hellraiser this year right orphan first kill did the theater slash streaming thing on paramount plus i mean post pandemic we're seeing so many like a wide variety of release strategies for films and for the most part it seems to be doing well no matter what people do with horror movies 
Mm-hmm. I wish we were getting a bit more numbers about how some of these streaming titles were mm-hmm. performing. But uh, unfortunately, that does lead into our kind of third and final topic for this section, which is, oh boy, Trace, that October horror glut where... Yes, these films are making money, and yes, we can have some higher quality content going to streamers, but also, for the love of Christ, please do not release every single horror film in the month of October, because this year we got more than 40 films and television shows. I mean, it is truly wild actually even some things we covered when we discussed it in that youtube episode um didn't even end up coming out in october they got postponed Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes yes probably for their own success as opposed to detriment but it is wild like i just really wish that people would accept that horror is 365 man like it doesn't need to come out in that 131 day slate oh my god i know that was a rough i mean even just trying to pick things to cover for october and bleeding into november it was really 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 difficult for us and again it's i'm not going to complain about having too much horror Mm -hmm. but i'm also going to complain a little bit about having too much horror (laughs) well i'm going to complain when people then don't discover something that is really meaningful like you and i basically went to bat for significant other on paramount plus the Mm -hmm. micah monroe jake lacy film because no one was talking about it because it was released during that glut period and it's a movie that's well worth people's time and attention i think too though the trailer for that doesn't make it look super hoary it more is following Mm -hmm. into that like thriller suspense but i i will tell y'all um i would put it in the horror block because there's some shit in that movie that is whoo boy (laughs) yeah it's sci-fi horror for sure for sure but Mm -hmm. yeah like when the horror happens it happens um (laughs) yeah so i mean you know uh hopefully we have a good 2023 because it has a lot to live up to after a stellar 2022 indeed but trace you and i also had some personal updates that happened this year so uh what was 2022 like for you Oh, boy. Well, if y'all haven't heard it enough, uh, yeah, I moved across, not across the country, I moved a few states over uh, this year. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, my husband is getting his PhD, so it required us to move uh, as he works in his internship. So we went from Austin, Texas, my home of 14 years, to Denver, Colorado. And this is, uh, well, I am someone who has never lived outside of Texas his entire life, so I am currently getting used to snow. (laughs) <laughs> yes you and your little doggos yes they actually um we bought them booties for the snow and we bought them sweaters and they don't like it <laughs> <laughs> no of course they don't <laughs> but it would be better to have that though than have like frozen off paws and uh i guess their bellies would just freeze off yeah that I mean, sure, if you can rationalize it, but as a dog, you're just like, wait, why do I have to wear this stuff? Okay, but you haven't seen them when I walk them barefoot, and they're like, like freezing and shivering, and like, actually, one of my dogs, the smart one, realized and learned that the white stuff on the ground is cold. So <laughs> as it starts to melt, he'll like hop and he'll play like hopscotch going into the patches that have already melted. My other dog, Butters, um, has not learned that and just walks through it all and shivers. <laughs> oh, sweet little Butters. <laughs> but um, no, so that's an adjustment for me. But what about you? Because you have a bit of a life change as well coming up. Indeed, yeah. So by the time that people are listening to this, I will have been writing and podcasting full time for a couple of weeks. So I have been working remotely for a college for the last two and a half years. And my contract finally came to an end because I didn't want to move to where the job was. (laughs) And also because... 
uh, it's time, Trace. Like, you and I have been doing this. We're making some okay money to the point where I can try to put my ambition where my mouth is. That's not right. Sure. Basically, I can try to do this a little more frequently. <sighs> I'm truly jealous. I'm not quite there yet. But, um, you know, th th that is the goal. Um, Because, oh, listeners, think about this. The more money we make, the more time we will have to to give you more content so if you thought well horror course doesn't really give me enough content um yes <laughs> that um that's how but um no i'm really i'm really happy for you slash jealous of you but i'm uh, hmm. i'm excited to see what 2023 looks like for you yeah i mean if anybody's listening and you want me to write something for you or hey if you want trace and i to do you know a dvd audio commentary <laughs> or write like a liner jacket something or rather for like a dvd or a blu-ray release we're we're around oh we're my god here. are we done plugging things is it the end of our i'm sure everyone's like y'all it doesn't advertise like stop congratulating yourselves <laughs> but here's the thing we're not because now we're going to move into talking about what the podcast did in 2022 and trace we had some milestones this year as well yeah Yes. Oh, so yes, of course, this year we crossed 200 main feed episodes. Now, Whew. I don't want y'all to confuse that with episodes overall, because it doesn't take into account micro queers, Chucky queers, Patreon episodes, Patreon minisodes, Patreon audio commentaries. But <laughs> just for our main feed, yeah, we crossed 200 episodes and celebrated by discussing one of our favorite films, Joe, uh, The Invitation. Oh, my God. Yes. Some really good conversations. We'll talk a little bit more about those in a moment. But uh, some of the other things that just absolutely inflated our egos is that we managed to have conversations with not just Kevin fucking Williamson, not just Don fucking Mancini, but also drag queen royalty Jinx Monsoon. Yeah, this was like peak of like traces like dreams as a teenager horror fan like i i never thought in a million years i would get to be in the same well same room i guess it's a virtual room <laughs> virtual like, yes talk to kevin williamson about about secret like things of from the scream two and one and three and four that like we mm -hmm. didn't know before we actually get to scoop something with kevin williamson which oh was really God. fun i could not believe it yeah <laughs> and even just like getting to have a sit-down conversation about 30 years of chucky history with don mancini and both of these gentlemen are so giving and generous with their time and their secrets so i was very appreciative <laughs> yeah very much so and of course jinx monsoon having her on an episode that i hadn't seen before um which would not have been my first choice because i was all you know if i, if I meet someone i want to impress them with my knowledge of things and that was um that was not the case with elvira but i uh, had so much fun on that episode talking with jinx oh yeah for sure for sure and then um we also crossed a, a milestone that i don't think we ever thought we would hit we crossed 900 patrons on our patreon and just to give you all some context when we started this podcast almost four years ago we were like oh it would be nice to get to 500 at some point in life <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah the the growth has been really incredible and also genuinely humbling because you know we we do one of these self-congratulatory episodes a year in part because we want to share with you some of the things that we're really proud of but also because i think sometimes we just have to pinch ourselves and realize holy shit this stuff actually happens and it still feels like a bit of a dream yes yes and see i'm getting that weird thing when we're talking about ourselves too much but i don't care because i'm so genuinely happy for us and proud of all this work because I don't think that I mean, I know we wanted to be in this position back in 2019. But at least on my end, I think there was always a part of me that was like, we're never gonna no. actually get there. <laughs> Absolutely. It, I was like, maybe one day my parents will listen to this podcast. 
uh, folks, that goal has still not been unlocked, but I have actually met people in person who listen to the podcast, and that's a big change of pace, too. I had someone message me on some apps and was like, oh, my God, I love your podcast. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm famous. <laughs> <laughs> and then the person was like, here's a picture of my penis. Basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also something you could do with Trace. I mean, people can send nudes anywhere. They have the capability to. Now, whether they should without asking first is another well, story. yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well then here, how about this, Joe? Um, what, uh, what are things we learned this year? Uh, did, so, did things get easier or harder for either one of us? So, yeah, I mean, in terms of creating a podcast, I feel like at this point in the game, we have a reasonably good understanding of what we're doing. Every once in a while, we get a fun little thing where it's like, can we make this sound better? Can we do things differently? But most of the time... I feel like we're on a relatively good path. And one of the things that I really enjoyed this year is you and I just kind of comfortably settling into our roles behind the scenes. So I'm very much the person who's like, I like to make lists. So <laughs> I'm going to get things ready for us so that we know what we're going to talk about when we record or uh -huh. what does the schedule look like for 2025? And sometimes <laughs> that's good. And sometimes you're like, Jesus Christ, can you just slow it down? <laughs> well, I was I was driving the day and I was like, oh, I need to put this on the schedule for 2025 because uh because uh it's an anniversary or something that you know it's like god damn it the joe's already fucking like started the schedule <laughs> <laughs> it's true and then of course i basically leave everything financial to you yes i also do the ad rates because i was like fine well it's like a ton when it comes to finance i don't think i mean like you know but i am a spreadsheet person maybe less of a mm -hmm. list person but i'm very much a spreadsheet person so yes i keep everything in track um again this is like, like, kind of the boring back end stuff that listeners don't really get to see or know or, or privy to because it's finances but you know what mm -hmm. i'm good at it <laughs> you are good at it yes i love the fact that i don't ever have to worry about that stuff because i'm just like ah oh, yeah trace has it yeah and i'm glad that i don't have to worry about guest outreach because you have that it's true yeah <laughs> I think one of the other things that we learned this year is it's always a struggle when we're putting together the mix of different films that we're going to cover and like what is the order and why and like I would say that's probably the most common question that we still get is you know a why haven't you covered this film because I love it and it's important and I thought you would have mm -hmm. uh, to which we say hang tight but also because we have a very sort of methodical way of trying to figure this out right we're still trying to balance women and person of color directed films we're looking for a range of historical titles we're looking for international films so it's it's very much a process which is why you know sometimes you look at the schedule and it's like ooh, this month's a banger but also there's like a weird title that's kind of hidden in there and it's because we still feel like it's our mission statement to really investigate a broad range of different titles. Yeah, I mean, to, to uh, peek behind the curtain, I, we kind of color code things when we're putting them on the schedules to make it easier to see. So, you know, we have like new and well-known, new and obscure, old and well-known, old and obscure, and we'll go into kind of more demographic-y things like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And when we lay out our first draft of the schedule for the next year, we then see, okay, are there any places where there are two of the same color next to each other? And that's right. how we try to avoid that. So, yeah, we have more of a mix. So we don't have, you know... A whole month of obscure films or a whole month of really well-known films we try to split that shit up to make it um, as exciting for us as it hopefully is for you right yeah and sometimes we get it a little more right than others 
But maybe that's a good segue, Trace, to talk about which of the episodes did exceedingly well this year. Yeah, so we won't give away specific numbers, but I will say that all the episodes we're about to talk about crossed a milestone of uh, downloads for us that we hadn't hit in previous years. And, you know, it goes to show our growth. But yeah, these were the real bangers that y'all really wanted to listen to this year. So starting that off is our interview with Kevin Williamson. And normally these don't do as well. Like an interview with somebody is like, it's a little more niche. People Mm want to hear us talk about something. Obviously, you folks eat up the screen content. So yes, actually, I think our most downloaded episode of the year is that Kevin Williamson interview. Uh, and also, Scream 4 performed exceedingly well. Yes, part one more so than part two, because remember, we spent so long on that episode, we had to cut it into two halves. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sure. people people really went for Scream 4, unsurprisingly. I mean, look, it was good timing, right? Because the new mm-hmm. one was about to come out. Scream 4 has been going through kind of a, a, a renaissance of sorts of people especially younger generation is really really yep. latching onto it but uh yeah uh those did really well i think the kevin williamson too i think that brought in a lot of new listeners um how mm-hmm. many of them stuck around i don't know but i think that really helped with that too yeah and then we also got some traction with some of those legacy kind of titles so anything to do with like a hellraiser or a friday the 13th or a chucky or a halloween also performed very well. Very, very, very well. Although one that did really well that I didn't think was going to do that well, but because it was just a me movie, but it was the 2002 live action Scooby-Doo um, did really, really good numbers. And I don't I don't know why, unless it's just because people have really liked like people really like that movie now. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we found that when we program a film and it has something that's in the zeitgeist, so the cultural consciousness in and around that time, it does well. So it happened to be the 20th anniversary of Scooby-Doo. You know, obviously, something like Halloween Kills is going to do well when we've got Halloween ends on the tip of our tongue that week. Mm-hmm. It's also very pleasing to see that something like Suspiria with your darling husband performed very well for us. You know, I I don't know if I've told him this, but his episodes, with the exception they of X Files, well. I want to believe. Yeah, like it, it's this. I know you did last summer, and it follows. Like all did really, really, really well, and Suspiria twenty eighteen is no exception. Which, again, a, a little surprised by it, only because like I mean, I know like we know that movie, and like a lot of horror fans know that movie, but you know, it's. It's a long one, and it's a very dense, heavy film. Mm-hmm. Go listen to the episode to see why. Um, so I'm surprised, but very happily surprised that that episode did very well. Yes. Let's just say that I'm going to be very intrigued to see if Ari's next episode, because, of course, he gets a standing invite every year to come mm-hmm. back. Uh, he has chosen a very interesting film that I feel is maybe less popular than his previous entry. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on those download numbers to see if it's an Ari thing or an Ari plus popular film title you know what though that movie he's picked and sorry everyone it's actually going to be towards the end of the year next year so you've got to just like take that nugget of a tease and live with it but um (laughs) just wait i have seen more not a ton but i have seen more people talk about that movie recently than like in Hmm. years past so who knows okay I'm intrigued. <laughs> but yeah, of course, our episode on The Invitation did very well. 200th episode, can't get much better than that. Mm-hmm. And then our final, like, really good performing episode of the year was Elvira and Mistress of the Dark with guest star Jinx Monsoon. Right. Yes. <laughs> 
So we also smashed a couple of our bucket list items this year, Trace. Uh, I feel like going into next year, we're going to see more of these where we really decided we waited five years. We would like to talk about certain titles, but we did cross off a couple of like Jesus Christ finally titles. <laughs> so what were some of yours? Um, yeah, so I got a couple. So one is the Scooby-Doo episode, which don't worry, everyone, we will be doing Scooby-Doo 2. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed because it turns 20 in 2024. <laughs> Um, no, that was uh, such a fun one for me. And uh, again, just love, love doing gateway horror stuff because we we so often deal with adult oriented horror that I mm -hmm. love doing something like this because it's just like just more fun. I mean, not sorry, not more fun. It just is fun. It is fun. Um, <laughs> so this is one I never thought we were ever going to cover. But yes, everyone, if you have been a patron this year, you will have probably noticed that we did an audio commentary on the Lizzie McGuire movie from 2003. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Obviously not a horror film, but Joe got to watch it for the first time. And I got to talk about why I love that movie so fucking much. So if uh, paying off, of course, years, years of references to that movie in our first two years of episodes, right? Oh, boy. Oh, Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> Paolo Isabella. Um, and then my last one. So, again, so this is actually kind of funny because it's a movie that I actually just saw less than a year before we covered it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But it was Perdita Durango. And mm. this isn't a movie that I was really excited to cover because it gave me really big freeway vibes. And... Listeners, if you remember Freeway, you know, Joe had a bit of trouble with that movie. Trouble. Just he he had little. trouble warming to that movie. <laughs> there we <laughs> I'll go. say. <laughs> um, and I knew that Perdita Durango was going to be a similar type of film. So I was just really excited because that was a film where when I saw it for the first time, I literally was like, this is a five star film for me. And I bought it on Amazon like before the film was even over because I was like, I love this so much. Oh, man. <laughs> and I was really excited to get on the schedule for this year and to make you watch it, um, mm -hmm. even though, it, again, a little bit of struggles warming to that movie as well, but understandably so. Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We never have outright bombs with each other. Mm -hmm. I think we've learned to appreciate each other's idiosyncrasies. And it's like, oh, that's just a Trace film or, oh, that's a Joe film. And it doesn't mean we don't like them. It just means we will never have quite the enthusiasm. You know, I was thinking of Near Dark, where I love that movie and I finally got you to watch yeah. it. And it just didn't connect with you. And I will admit, you know, I was really disappointed that it didn't. But at the same time, at least now you can say that you've seen it. I have. And I watched that fucker twice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thankfully, I did have two other titles that I've been very excited to make you watch on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And they both hit a little bit better for you. So uh, Boys in the Trees and Perfect Blue seem to go down a little bit easier. Yes. Um, and Perfect Blue, I know, is one that you've really, really, really been wanting to talk about for years. So, And that's one I've been wanting to see for years. So I'm glad to have an excuse. I was glad to have been given an excuse to discuss that and watch it for the first time. Mm -hmm. Boys in the Trees, I had never heard of before, outside of your fleeting mentions of it in episodes past. <laughs> Why do you keep bringing this up? I was like, what, this movie? I've never fucking heard of it. But it, it definitely is a winner. It's really good. Less on the horror side, more in mm -hmm. kind of this fantasy uh, genre, but still really worth a watch. And if y'all have not checked that movie out, would highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I'm going to make you watch that uh, coming-of-age mermaid film, too. We'll, oh. we'll see. I know you struggle with coming-of-age ones. 
Uh, that's um. Oh my god, the bl- blue into the, not into the blue. It's that's blue just, my mind. Yeah. Blue my mind. That's what it is. Um, actually, no. That's that was a Fantastic Fest movie that I missed one year, and so whenever whenever there are movies that really like like seem to really hit it with audiences, and I miss it, they're always permanently ingrained in the back of my mind. It's like right, I missed it that year at Fantastic Fest, and that is one of them. So mm-hmm. one day, <laughs> one day. Um, but Joe, something we also did this year, well, not also, I mean, we've done this every year, but we have kind of set the bloody disgusting comments on fire by just asserting or insinuating that certain films have queer undertones or tones or are queer in any shape, way or form. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like there were two in particular. I mean, basically, anytime we do a remotely popular film, you know, be it Scream, Batman Returns, mm-hmm. we get let's say some very impassioned defenses of why we are reaching and we should take our homosexual agenda elsewhere and to those people we say go fuck yourself <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just always a weird thing and look I, I stopped replying to comments for the most part with the exception of one of these episodes actually um and it's just because people get so up in arms when we say anything is queer and what's so funny is that when we talk when we mention the two movies we're about to discuss uh you'll be like what the fuck but it's just a thing where it's like I don't know. People don't understand. And by people, I mean the people that like hate on us and the bloody disgusting comments don't understand a reading of a film. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's set in stone. It doesn't mean the film is that it is just we are bringing in our life experiences to make a read of a film and everyone has a different reading. But man, people get really personally offended when we try to claim mm-hmm. something is queer as if it is ruining the, 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 the property for them or destroying their fandom in some shape. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, yeah, it, it's people who have often nostalgia or some kind of personal connection to a title. And then it's also unacknowledged homophobia because you can't possibly be telling me that this thing that I love may have a little bit of queerness to it because I find that vaguely threatening. Yeah. So the big one, the first one that really like blew up this year was our Tremors episode because mm-hmm. God forbid we try to read a platonic friendship between two men who um, don't ever like really have anything to do with the woman in the film until the very, mm-hmm. very, very end. How dare we try to read them as queer, right? Right. Yeah. And those things that are attacking them that have like tentacles and all that kind of stuff. Definitely no phallic imagery there. (laughs) Media literacy, everyone. Everything's queer. (laughs) Yeah. And then the other one was a slightly more recent one uh, talking about Adam's family values, which, of course, as we noted, has multiple queer figures who worked on the film in front of and behind the camera, as well as the Adams themselves as an example of a queer family. And oh boy, that one did not go down well with folks. That was the biggest surprise to me. And it's just because it just is a huge IP, a well-known IP like the Adams Family. But at the same time, yeah, like I, I was replied, y'all go look at the Blade Disgusting article on this movie because I replied to some commenters and, you know, I brought up well, the writer's queer, which no one cared about. But Mm-mm. yeah, it's the, it's the fact that the Adams themselves are literally queer, aka mm-hmm. out of the norm, not the societal norm. And no one could understand how that could make for a queer reading of this film, which was mm-hmm. so mind At that point, I was like, okay, like, why am I even replying to these people? Like, nothing I say is going to change their mind. Yeah, big sticking head in the sand energy from some of those comments. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, although, 
as of this recording, we have not released our Batman and Robin episode. And while I would argue that that's probably the queerest of all the Batman films, um, I'm mm-hmm. sure we will get a lot of hate mail for that one, too. Oh, absolutely. Hopefully everybody already saw them. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no. Hopefully no one saw them because maybe the world has changed. But Trace, one of the other things that we like to do in addition to breaking the internet is also uh, watch things for the first time for the podcast. I think you've caught yourself a couple of times saying, oh, I had to have an excuse to watch this. But sometimes that's just what we need, especially when we don't know that we're going to love a title. So what were some of your favorite first time watches this year? Yeah, so mine, I have two. So I've got Flesh for Frankenstein, which mm-hmm. I don't think I ever would have watched by myself. Everyone, if you listen to the episode, you'll know that I actually seen Blood for Dracula, that film, sister film, um, uh, around this like a year prior because a friend showed it to me. But like, I remember, Joe, I'll never forget. You were like, hey, there's a new Blu-ray 4K of this movie, Flesh of Frankenstein, coming out. Buy it. And it's $50. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. Stick around, folks. That shows up in the bloopers. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yeah, no. So so we but little did I know how fucking queer it was going to be. I mean, anything with Andy mm-hmm. Warhol's name on it. Right. So. Right. That movie, uh, I mean, look, by today's standards, absolutely problematic uh, content Ooh. warnings for many things in that film. But uh, that was just one of those ones where I was like, oh, I- I'm so glad I got to watch this or I had the opportunity to watch this because mm-hmm. I can't envision another point in time where I would where I would have crossed paths with that film. Right. Yes. <laughs> and the other big one for me is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. That is a thing where, um, I mean, again, I, I, I don't have any I didn't grow up with Elvira. I don't have any knowledge of her outside of just like what her general shtick is. Mm-hmm. And so I was really worried that I was going to be kind of like out of the loop watching that film. And I was so happy to be proven wrong because that film is an absolute delight and will absolutely be a, in the regular rotation for my Halloween movies. Yay! Yeah, I uh, I had only a little bit more knowledge of her than you, but every time I brought it up, you were just like, "Oh God, I like I don't know anything about her." And I was just like, "Trace, you don't know anything about a bunch of the movies that we cover. That's why you do deep dives." But this one in particular just seemed to make you so anxious. Well, it's because Elvira is such like I mean, she's, she's such that, an icon. Well, yeah. people, a lot of people, people who know her, like know everything about her. So it was one of those ones where like the pressure was on to be like, "Shit, I gotta get this right. I gotta get this right." <laughs> so hopefully we did there we go <laughs> yeah but what about yours joe uh mine were ones that i had heard about and they seemed like very me films but i had just never gotten around to them so i was really happy to use the excuse of having to watch them for the podcast and those two are the black coat's daughter which everyone had been talking their fucking asses up and down about and i was like oh i'm finally going to watch this movie Yay! <laughs> uh and loved it and then also lords of salem which i was pretty trepidatious about mm-hmm. because rob zavi and i are we're hot and cold yep. so uh you know i kept hearing this was the best one from people who don't like his movies and i really wasn't sure what to make of that so i wasn't sure if that meant i wasn't going to like it or if i would and I ended up really appreciating it yeah i think both because both of those films you listed i do love both of them but they are also very dense films and it's mm-hmm. definitely things where it's like i i hope or i think the conversations we had afterwards made you appreciate them more because i know that on a first time watch both of those films you kind of walk out and you're like like oh <laughs> what did i just watch <laughs> what do i do with this now <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly they're, they're, they're sitters they're they're thinkers mm-hmm. yeah for sure but uh okay let's pivot and talk about some episodes that were very 
proud of, Trace. So let's stick with the main feed for now. What is one or two titles that you think we did a really great job with? Um, I feel bad because I'm just repeating things we've already said. But um, no, for me, it is Scooby-Doo because mm-hmm. I edited that one. And I we don't really splice in a lot of sound bites and music and clips and stuff um, mm-hmm. just because it takes a long time and, you know, copyright yep. shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for that one, I was like, no, nope, I'm going to do it for this one. And I had so much fun editing that episode to the point where I do think that the final result, and I'm sorry, I should give thanks to our, our uh, guest on that episode, Corey McCullough, Gory Corey, for really, really bringing this, the right kind of Scooby-loving energy to that. I just thought that mm-hmm. was a real fun episode to record and um, and, and also edit. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also going to go to bat for Tremors. I, you know, I love Tremors. It's a, it was a mainstay of my youth growing up, but it was kind of one of those things where going into it, I was like, eh, I'm like, what are we really like? I, I didn't know if we were going to have like, that great of a conversation about Tremors outside of the, mm-hmm. the typical like, oh, I love this. I love this. I love this. And I actually thought we had a really, really good discussion about the underlying queer themes of Tremors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every once in a while, we program something just because we think it'll be fun to have a conversation about. And we'll joke and say, oh, this episode's probably going to be about 50 minutes because it'll be I like this, I like that, and yeah. then we're done. And yeah, sometimes a title will surprise us and we'll end up having a really fulsome conversation about it. And I agree. I think Tremors turned out really, really great. But um, what about yours, Joe? So mine did skew a little bit more towards traditionally queer, and for that reason I was actually worried that you and I wouldn't have anything new to bring to the conversation because they had been talked about Mm -hmm. so often. So I'm talking about Let the Right One In as well as Sleepaway Camp, and folks, we, we haven't really been mentioning guests for the most part. We love the guests that we have on the show because they often bring so much interesting and diverse insight um you know i'm looking at our statistics and we managed to get 26 queer identifying people on the podcast this year 17 women eight trans or non-binary identifying uh i think we can do a little bit better with some of our people of color guests but overall like i really am impressed with just the the caliber of people who agree to come on the podcast and the insights that they bring. So I'll I'll give a shout out to Chandler Bullock, who was very vulnerable in his episode on Let the Right One In. And then Ten Backy is just always a dream whenever they come on because they give us fantastic insights and Sleepaway Camp. I think was my most uh, yeah. worrisome episode of the year because I was just like, what can we possibly say that's even interesting or new here? And I feel like I don't know that we broke new ground, but I feel like it's a conversation that was worth listening to. No, I'm in complete agreement with you. Um, Yeah, Sleepaway Camp was definitely one of those ones where I was like nervous going in because as you said, yeah, I don't know what we're going to add to this conversation. And it was nice. Yeah, it's not even that we added to it, but more so I think that we covered many different areas of conversations that have been had about that film in the decades since its release. And, you know, it has that transphobic legacy. So it's okay. Well, what makes it transphobic is you're in your you're valid to find you transphobic, but you're also valid to find uh, empowerment in this film. Um, mm-hmm. Both things can be true at the same time. So that was one of the most um, nuanced discussions I think we had all year. Right. Yeah. But not not the only good ones. So we do also have a couple of episodes that we would encourage folks to check out if they maybe passed over it. So here are some episodes that we think are underrated, as in they didn't get the downloads that we would have liked given how good the conversation was. So Trace, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, so um, I picked three for this. So, you know, we started the year doing a theme for underrated or underseen. And so we anticipated that a lot of those episodes would actually have lower downloads 
just given mm-hmm. the name of the theme. Uh, surprisingly, a lot of them did pretty well, but one that didn't do as well as I had hoped was actually for Housebound. And mm-hmm. that is a very, very, very funny New Zealand horror comedy. Uh, and everyone, um, if you are going like, what is that? What is that? The director of that is directing Megan that comes out. I'm sorry, Mathrigan that comes out next <laughs> month. So if you want to get a hint of his zany brand of energy, go check out Housebound and then listen to our episode because it's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will again push my push my push our Perdita Durango episode. Um, that again, film I knew wouldn't do that well because I mean, shit, it's I didn't a tough know one. It, yeah. I didn't know it existed until last year. Um, but it is on Shutter and it's streaming in its uncut, two, almost two and a half hour glory. Ooh. And again, that's a film that's a really difficult film to watch, but also sometimes really funny for really mm-hmm. bad ways. Oh yeah. And I think that was a really, really, really good conversation we had with Kay Lynch about that. Yeah, I will say, folks, I'm I'm very much the person who's like, oh, this was hard. Like, mm-hmm. I really struggled my way through it. It was a dream to have Kay back for that particular episode because the two of you are often really in sync in your tastes. But I will say, uh, no, you know what? I'll That's leave it at that because <laughs> it, it's just one of those things where if people find that they often gravitate towards your style or your taste in films, Trace, then mm-hmm. they owe it to themselves to check out Perdita Durango because it is such a you film. Yes. And what is also a me film is Nurse 3D. And <laughs> Nurse 3D. <laughs> Y'all, this movie. I mean, Joe, I know it wasn't as cuckoo bananas as you were wanting it to be. And you had some issues with like, you know, how it was cuckoo bananas for like half of it. But then you mm-hmm. had like everyone else in the cast playing it straight. Um, yes. It is a it is a movie that exists. <laughs> that but I is. had so much fun talking about it with you because there's so many things to laugh about in this movie. And uh, yeah, that, that didn't do as well download-wise as I had hoped because that was in our month of camp. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that month in particular, outside of Sleepaway Camp, just showed me how few like camp films of like iconic variety people have seen. And, you know, we can quibble with calling Nurse 3D an iconic camp film, but <laughs> it, it was more recent, so I figured more people might have seen it. And I was right. pretty wrong, and that sucks because that movie is so funny. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I have some issues with the way that they structure the narrative, but I had an absolute blast at least talking about it with yeah. you. I do think that that's probably one of our funniest episodes of the year, too. I will co-sign on that, yes. But um, <laughs> you you have picked some somewhat less funny episodes. <laughs> this is true. And it's part of the reason why I'm highlighting it is because I think they're all really good episodes about films that are just not always on people's radars. So right. I, I do tend to gravitate towards smaller films, international films female-centric films so uh the three that i have picked are the lure with guest jessica scott uh we talked about the untamed which is a mexican sci-fi adjacent one Mm -hmm. and then we also have we're all going to the world's fair which we had mary beth mccandries back on because it is sort of found footagey and these are all i would say relatively confronting films they're two foreign films so not in English, and also smaller titles, and also one of them is a musical. So, like, they're harder sells, but also I think all of those films are so fantastically worth checking out. And then those conversations, I'm really proud of. Yeah, I was going to say, like, these are all relatively hard sells for general audiences. You know, like, the lore is Polish horror mermaid musical thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I say thing because it's probably something else that could be just used to describe that film. 
The Untamed is definitely one of those slower burns. It's not as front-facing horror, um, mm-hmm. but very, very interesting. And yeah. I think with We're All Going to the World's Fair, so again, we discussed, you know, we only cover new films on the Patreon, and then maybe we'll release them on the main feed as a bonus episode, like a, a year or two later. Mm-hmm. We made an exception for all, We're All Going to the World's Fair. That was a new film, and we right. released an episode on it, I want to say the week after it hit streaming services. Uh, not even streaming VOD. Yeah. Oh, so people yeah. actually had to pony up the dollars for it. Yeah. So hopefully that's one that people will discover um, as they go along or as we get new listeners and they go through the backlog. Because, yeah, that is a really, really good and interesting conversation about a film that is uh, dooming a lot with very little. Yeah. Yeah. And it is very divisive as well. You know, I've seen a bunch of people say this movie isn't about anything and it's fucking boring. And then other people being like, this is the most important horror film of the year. Yeah. And again, that's where we're going into lived experiences, different readings. Like there are things I did not pick up on that movie where I have seen people talk about things. I'm like, oh, shit, like Mm. I would never have picked that up because that's just not how my brain works. It's not the life that I've lived. But I'm so happy that there are people out there, specifically those in the trans and non-binary community who have really latched onto that film Mm -hmm. so happy that that film even exists for them because i think they got so much out of it and also it's heralding a new and important voice in horror that we all need to follow so keep an eye out for what gene schoenbrum is gonna do yeah um okay but that's the main feed joe so what about our patreon episodes what 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 are things that really like you stuck out for you that you're really proud of that we discussed on the patreon this year Okay, so I've got one episode that I think we did a really good job on. And admittedly, both of my picks are films that we went long on. So we had the opportunity to unpack them in a little bit more than 20 minutes. So uh, the first one is Hellraiser, which I was really looking forward to. Ended up being kind of disappointed on a first watch and then had to reevaluate it. And the conversation with you, I found really helpful in just aiding me to discover what I liked and didn't like and why I was feeling the way that I did. So for me, that that episode is very self-reflexive. And then I'm also really proud of our They Slash Them episode. I at one point even asked you if we wanted to record a kind of separate outro later in the year, because this was kind of the other film that really caught fire this year, specifically within the queer community. Not not, not for good ways. (laughs) No, unfortunately, this is one that kind of turned us against each other. And there were just a lot of thoughts about whether this movie was at all successful, if it should get points for trying while not succeeding. Mm -hmm. And then some people who I think, you know, thought that it was inconsequential, like what is all the fuss about and i think our episode does a pretty good job of addressing that i legitimately did not think people were going to have as much of an issue with the ending and i still feel like we have not grappled with why some people are so mad at that movie like i think that there's more conversation to be had about that film even though in some ways I don't think it merits it because it's not that good a movie. I, it's so funny because I, I remember when we did record that episode, I was like, I think people are going to have a problem with this ending. And I think your response was maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, meaning no. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's um, I'm of two minds with the They Slash Them episode because, yeah, we recorded that, I want to say, a month before the movie came out. So we... Mm-hmm. It's in a vacuum. Yes, we were not privy yet to the the blow up that happened within the queer mm-hmm. community about that movie. And on a level, I'm happy about that. Because I know that sometimes, at least for me especially, like whenever I take issue with some of the discourse surrounding a film, 
Right. I have a habit of filling the Patreon episode with that, where I'm like, well, this is what's being lobbied against, and this is what I think about that. And some people say this, and I <laughs> this think about it. This is what I, Twitter is saying about it, as though Twitter is real. <laughs> exactly. So at least I, I'm happy that the They Slash Them episode is at least giving you my honest reaction with no outside like, for, right. like uh, influence whatsoever. Uh-huh. However, I do have a lot of thoughts about the discourse for that movie. Um, oh, sure. Not necessarily even co- telling anyone right or wrong, but more so like, hey, everyone, like everyone is valid in their opinions here Mm -hmm. don't attack each other because that is what i saw happening even to me uh on twitter after that movie came out yeah that that was one where i really wanted people to just kind of take a step back and not think about how they were reacting to other people but just also to sort of take stock it seemed that a lot of people were just really shooting from the hip like fast and loose this is how i'm feeling the minute that i hit play as i said it's worth having the discussion but i'd rather have a discussion as opposed to people saying this movie's terrible don't even watch it which is unfortunately what i feel like i saw a lot of people doing yeah i mean that movie's the epitome of it is made with the best of intentions but it just is poorly executed yeah (laughs) yeah it's because it doesn't know what it wants to be right Mm -hmm. anyway speaking of episodes where i talk about the reception to it most Mm -hmm. of the time uh yep I'm really proud of our episode on the sadness. Um, and that's a movie that, again, it's kind of a, of a bubble for me, right? Because I experienced a really um, explosive reaction to that movie when I saw it at Fantastic Fest last year. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to talk about that specific instance on our episode. So, you know, th- that episode is like half of us talking about the movie, but then like half of us talking about people's reactions to this film. And mm-hmm. I-, I-, I was really happy with that particular conversation because, again, it's like... Ugh, they're horror movies, everyone. It's a horror movie with a lot of violence, a lot of sexual assault for quote-unquote fun, I guess you could say in that movie. Right. Um, so it's controversial and people have a lot of inflamed reactions to it. And right. I just really wanted to talk about that. So I was I was grateful that you gave me the, uh, the, the, the platform or the opportunity to discuss that with you um, because that was also your first time seeing it after hearing about this shit for a year. Yeah, it's true. It's always really interesting when, when one of us gets to watch a movie well in advance of the other one. It's like, let me tell you how this went down. God, and everyone, like, you can go hear that entire fucking story about that movie um, in that minisode because um, there is a, just a lot that happened with, with that movie. Yeah, it's a bit wild, folks. It, it was revelatory for me to listen to how it all went down. But, uh, <laughs> Trace, I think you have another one that you'd like to plug. Yes, I actually want to plug our Halloween Ends episode because i i mean look if y'all listen to the clip on the main feed like it's no secret joe and i admired that movie and Mm -hmm. found it entertaining we found more things to like in that movie than dislike as opposed to halloween kills where we found a lot more things to dislike than like and correct yes again i wouldn't even say that's a good movie but i find it to be such a fascinating movie that made for a very fascinating discussion Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would compare it to our Patreon episode on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the new one on Netflix, yeah. except that that film is not good. Like, you can unabashedly recognize that most of that film isn't really working, but you're like, oh, they're doing some weird shit. And Halloween Ends is very much in that same boat, but I would actually argue it kind of works. So it was fun to really go deep into that film, particularly when people were eating each other alive online. Yeah, I don't I don't think we were seeing it as bad as we were with Kills, because with Kills, we didn't know where we were going. So everyone was like, oh, if you like this, you're a bad fan. If you hate this, you're a bad fan. Mm-hmm. With this one, I think, thankfully, quote unquote, 
we had some of that, but it was deflected by most people being just mad at the movie and the creators. So if even mm-hmm. if you were mad that someone liked this movie that you hated, you were more mad at the people that made it and released it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. But Trace, I feel like we've mentioned the Patreon a number of times over the course of this bonus episode. Folks, you've heard that we crossed 200 Main Fiend episodes. We have nearly 200 Patreon episodes Mm -hmm. as well. And we recognize that it's a lot of content. People have a tendency to get a bit overwhelmed. Like, oh, well, if I want to hear a particular episode, how do I know if you got it and at which tier? So we've included uh, a link that'll show you all the Patreon episodes that we've done so that you can figure out what's on there and whether it's worth your time and money. But uh, we really do encourage folks, if you're at all interested, you can pay it for one month and gobble up a bunch of episodes, and then you don't have to continue if you don't want to. But we do try to make the Patreon worth it to folks, which is why we proudly plug it. Now, when you say we included the link, Joe, where do we include that link? It's in the show notes. <laughs> And of course, if you subscribe to the Patreon, you will get a newsletter on the first of every month with that same link, just to remind you so you can see what all we've covered, um, among a slew of other things like our schedule for the month. So you get advance notice on all the things we're covering if you're a patron, which and of course, you know, you get what, 200 plus hours of bonus content. Yeah, I think we're we're coming up on like 220 by the end of this year. Yeah. So again, everyone, if you don't know how Patreon works, just go to patreon.com slash horrorqueers and you will see a list of tiers. Fortunately, you'll only see three of them because you do have to click the more button to see the remaining tiers. (laughs) Patreon, why do you make it so hard? I always see people subscribe to the $5 tier and then literally we'll get an email like two minutes later that's like, they edited their pledge to the $10 tier because they didn't see it when they went to the first page. (laughs) Yeah, it's annoying. But but yeah, no, go look at that and uh, go show us some love and go enjoy our episodes. There we go. Yeah. But, um, Joe, we don't always get everything right, and we're not always good at everything. And, you know, we, we do edit this podcast a lot to f- mm-hmm. cover up some of our fuck-ups, but we uh we save them sometimes, right? We do indeed. So, folks, we're going to do our annual tradition now where <laughs> we introduce a bunch of different types of fuck-ups that we have accrued over the year. And the first one is fairly common for folks who are talking into a microphone, which is that we stumble over our words or maybe need to take it a second time or just generally fuck it up. Yeah. But going into the crass... Crass. I will say the the mechanics of how Charlie... Like, is it really just that if she can see it, she can set it on fire? Because I, I did think, okay, how and where and... I don't know. I I guess I wanted just a little bit, kind of like how you, oh my god, that was yep. Riley. <laughs> so Riley's plan is that they are going to lure in a Cenobite, so they end up going after the Ace Fix as they go after the Ace. Okay, so uh, basically Nicholas is like, hey, don't become a nut. Oh my god. Murders are thus, in her view, simply necessary medical procedures carrying out Murders are thus, in her view, simply necessary medical procedures carried... Oh my god, why is that so interesting? <laughs> she is not an innocent wallflower who doesn't know what she's doing, and I think that that's one of the film's intriguing bits. Not quite at the end, but sort of in their big confrontation at... And it... You know, I'll just... What am I even trying to say? It's one of those nights. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> So after the flashback, we touch base with Will as um, 
There we go. Um, and welcome back to Horror Queers. It's your full lot. It's your full length Patreon episode. Oh my god, let me try that again. <laughs> Friday. <laughs> yep. So she says, in my opinion, the majority of contemporary films made for and about teen and I can't speak. <clears throat> Sorry. Got this. This film doesn't exactly play uh, portray Australia. Oh my god, it's me tonight, Joe. That's fine. It'll be me in five minutes. Ooh, oh yeah, boy, we, we, why was that so much me? <laughs> I think I had a few in there, but yeah, no, you're really bad at that. Um, Shut up. <laughs> that's why I talk so fast, because if I talk so fast and I fuck up, you won't notice, because you're trying to understand what exactly it is that I'm saying sure let's go with that <laughs> but what i am bad about this year is uh oh my god but what i am pretty bad about is just like forgetting things or having to look things up and i will say that um oh i guess this is like news for me this year too but i got my official adhd diagnosis this year and little did i know that adhd um uh, c contributes to some bad memory and um hopefully that's fixed later than the year but here's some uh examples of us f just forgetting things it's never really clear how much uh yeah Shit, what's her name? What's her character name? Oh my god. <laughs> um, uh, Melinda. The one who initially gets his face hit against the tree and loses the arm, I definitely thought that was him. Oh shit, okay. Honestly, I didn't even think about that, so really quickly, let me just, uh... Because <laughs> I, I know that guy's... I, I know that guy. Tom, 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 Tom. And, uh, yeah, we've got something a little fun, which I've completely forgotten about. I'm sorry, Starship <laughs> Troopers. There we go. There we go. I was going to look it up and I couldn't get my computer to work, but what's the... Um, oh, shit. It's Jessica Lange and Anthony Hopkins. Jessica Lange and oh, Anthony Hopkins. Shit. I feel like I should know that right off the top I don't of my know head. that. Um, Lange. I'm looking it up, too. Titus. There we go. I think it's a little ridiculous that... And maybe, again, it is because she's in fight or fight... Ugh. I think it's a little ridiculous that, uh, oh, wow, I made it this far and now I'm forgetting names. It's fine. <laughs> right off the top, if you didn't think that the divided Germany parts were important, the film's telling you right from Joe, the beginning it's, it's, it's divided Berlin. Is Berlin in Germany or is Berlin its own country? It's in Germany. Oh, okay, never mind, never mind. <laughs> I don't know why I thought Berlin was a country. <laughs> oh my like God. What is Germany? the capital of Rio, Trace? I'm just out. <laughs> Brasilia. <laughs> Also, did you guys catch Ian Abercrombie as the, when she gets off the plane, that he's standing in front of the hearse? I don't even know Ian. Who's Ian Abercrombie? Uh, he's uh, General Palpatine in Star Wars. Oh, that's him? Mm. Yeah. Shit, Ian, that, it's not Ian Abercrombie. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Trace is like, no, but Abercrombie is hot. Like, like the pants <laughs> and the shirts and the mall. Oh my God. It's uh, Ian... Ian McDarmid. Oh, wait, no, that's Obi-Wan. Sorry. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> bloopers, really? bloopers, bloopers. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. No, this is going to kill me. Ian. Uh... Oh, my God. It is Ian Abercrombie. What the... did he did he co-fund Abercrombie and Fitch? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. <laughs> Admittedly, I, I checked the Wikipedia page for that. Purpose. <laughs> oh, my God. Because like, he must be loaded now. Fuck. <laughs> so 
everyone, you know, normally we have a, we have a, a, a oh my God. Production. No, I was like, what, we a system, a schedule. Um, <laughs> what word am I thinking of? Outline? I, I don't know. Uh, Structure. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> um, but second. Um, fuck. The home invasion, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. God damn it. I don't know what I was going to say. I was so focused on my joke. <laughs> well, the payoff was definitely worth it. I thought it was really good. <laughs> it was not good. I'm not laughing. <laughs> um... As I said last week in our, in our, uh, what, what, what do we call it? Batman we, and Robin? No, when we close out, what do we call that? Outro? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it also introduced new characters in Pablo and, oh my god. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> shit, shit. Hold on. I think it's Dana. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, this is really, uh, well, I don't even know what I was going to say to that. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that, that, that link is definitely something we've talked about a lot because it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I don't have anything to add to that, actually. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's interesting, too, is that, um, nope, I don't know. I don't have, I, I, I lost my, I lost my thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. It happens. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, I don't cut that out. I'm, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> and in my defense, what I'll say is that the pandemic affected my short-term memory. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's go with that, right? <laughs> moving on, moving on. Moving okay, on. but what you can excuse, Joe, is how you uh, frequently mispronounce things. Now, I'm on record <laughs> oh as God. saying prologue as prologue a lot, and it's probably in many episodes, but you mm-hmm. have more struggles than I do in that department. It's true. Uh, let's hear a bunch of times where I simply cannot pronounce a word correctly. So at this point, we'll acknowledge that the three of us are settler colonialists, and Trace is living in what is called Denver, and this is the unceded ancestral territories of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Ara... Nope, I knew I was um, gonna it's going to be Cheyenne and Arapaho. Thank you. Uh, so Trace is living in Denver, which is the unceded ancestral territories of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho. No, Arapaho. Arapaho. No. Uh- Not- <laughs> God damn it. Arapaho. Arapaho. And Arapaho peoples. <laughs> so this article is in Spanish. Mexican. Me- Mexican is not a language. It's Spanish. It right? is not. No, it's, it's Spanish. <laughs> I always do this, and then I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Okay, so let's talk about the second Santorini. Nope, still wrong. <laughs> That's Greece. This is getting it worse now. <laughs> we have Sexus... We have Sexus Shizumi. Nope. We have Sexus... Oh my god. <laughs> blooper, blooper, blooper. Got it. We have Sexus Shizumi, played by Anthony Rivera. No, Re- Rivera. Rivera, yeah. Vara. Sorry for the mispronunciation there. But uh, the guy from, speaking of Marvel movies, the guy from Shang-Chi. No, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. The guy from Shang-Chi. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
Yeah, I I really found that it was the most pronounced when they make their quote-unquote debut as the lure, and we see everybody kind of un... un, un oh my god. Inhib... Unhi- Uninhibited. Un- thank you. <laughs> we also have groundskeeper Balthazar, who is played by Mark Ashmore, and then we also have oh, old Ash- Duke the dog. Ashworth. Damn it. <laughs> So this is basically the end of this opening. And honestly, if we cut the film here, I think it would make an absolutely dynamic. And honestly, if we cut the film here, I think it would make an honestly. (laughs) The Hillikers. No. Hillikers? Tillikers. No, you're My notes are fucked up. Yeah, you know, now that you're unpacking it and elaborating on it and and pushing back gently, I can definitely see what you're saying. Because if I'm thinking about, oh, yeah, a mix between the visual dynamics. Why do I always try to use that word? I can't (laughs) pronounce it. (laughs) And it's also got like Brianna Heldeban, Heldeban, Brianna Heldeban from. um, I think it's Hildebrand. It is Hildebrand. Okay. (laughs) What's his name? The last guy that she goes with, Tony, played by Finn Wittock. Whitrock. Whitrock. <laughs> Actually, maybe one of the things that I'll sort of bring back quickly is I don't have a direct quote, but the uh, article that I mentioned earlier from uh, Prorokova, mm-hmm. from the article I mentioned earlier from Prorokova. Oh, man. It's Prorokova. Okay. <laughs> But uh, before we get into this, we should acknowledge this was a patron, patron, a letter bomb that is addressed to her explodes in the face of her agent, Mr. T- Mr. Tadorko. Damn, I knew this was going to fuck me up. Tadorko. Tadorko. Tadakoro. Mr. Tadadoro. No. Oh And he is played by Bruce Davidson, who I love oh, whenever hey, he shows hey, up. Davis Sun, there's no D there. Oh, isn't? Okay. Yeah. Davis Sun. Okay. And he is played by Bruce Davison. No, Davison. <laughs> Damn it. What? <laughs> so we open with animated credits by painter Alexandra Walisco. Oh my god. Walisco. Nope. <laughs> gonna be a nightmare, folks. I, I, I don't know the best pronunciations, but I will say that their W's are V's. Oh, my God. So, uh, uh, oh, of course, the older one is played by William Defoe. <laughs> Willem? Willem. Willem. William? Willem. So the older one is played by Willem Defoe. It's like, um, is it, how do you say, is it Grand, Grand Guignol? Guignol? Mm-hmm. Grand Guignol? Grand Guignol? Huh? Grand Guignol? Is that how you say it? I have no idea. Okay, it's like Grang and all. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm not going to say it. Um, so, okay. Ghost Land was first shown in competition on February 3rd, 2018 at the, oh my god, Festival International du Film Fantastique de Gavard-Member. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yo, you were so close! <laughs> it's almost there! <laughs> I, I'm sorry. De Gerardmer. I think that I'm, that's, that's how I'm going to say it. But <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, it's not great. And you know what? Sometimes I don't even get it right when I have two chances, Trace. Here's a blooper, which is just nothing but me needing two times to get it right. <laughs> We're going to be checking out a newish, very, very newish, actually, yeah. 
Sorry. We're going to be checking out a new, a very, very new film. Oh, my God. We're going to be checking out a very new film called We're All Going to the World's Fair. I'm sorry. I, okay, so we're not going to be gatekeepery, but no. at the same time, I feel like... Hmm, how to say this? Well, okay. Um, okay, so we're not going to be gatekeepery. We're not going to be gatekeepery. My God. Okay, so we're not going to be gatekeepery. Marta went in to try to either stop her or she, um, or she was, ugh. Marta went in to, to, oh my God, Marta went in to, nope, I'm going to not laugh when I do it. <clears throat> okay. Well, it, it's telling though that he's also the, oh, well, it's telling though that he's also the only, damn it, just again. <clears throat> Mm hmm. Yeah. So Will, again, excuses himself so that he can go to the kitchen and get a what? So that he can go to the kitchen. All right. That was a lot of me. So I feel like now we need to pass the baton over to you. Yes. Okay. So, um, you know, some if I get a fact wrong or like, especially if it's something that's like, you know, um, I guess socially related, we'll keep it in because, you know, it's like, oh, we, we need to like show us learning and things like that. But sometimes mm -hmm. I just fuck up on basic shit that I should know. So, um, and I tend to follow that up with an, oh my God, or a God damn it. And then restart my sentence. <laughs> mm -hmm. So let's hear some of those. So honestly, yeah, with those little theaters, I only went on to gross 231,000 million. Oh my God. And I'm Trace and we're talking. Do you think anyone can hear? God damn it. So, he, you know, decided to establish the story. Uh, he decided to establish the... Uh, God damn it. Well, um, what also is stalking... Uh, fuck, I can't, I can't even... <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm off today. To increase production, he increased a monot... Oh my god, he increased. If the Jace... If Jason's card is higher than the remaining player... Oh my god. So here's the thing. So we were going to get full frontal male nudity in this scene because no. the the shirt that Cortina bought, the shirt that Cortina, oh my god, but for, for Dawn herself, think something like Mildred Pierce or oh my god, think something like Mildred Pierce or uh, Cirque's Imitation of Life. Lionsgate begins seeking directors for their new product. Oh my god, for their new project. If you want even more content, please support the show by becoming a patron at Patreon. Got at Patreon. Oh my god. And maybe Roger Corman. No, wait. Is it Roger Corman? No. William Castle? William Castle. There we go. Oh, my God. Fuck. Do you want to take that again? Yep. Well, and maybe... Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> but while Abby's performance identity at first in intimate... Oh, God damn it. Um, oh, and of course, for our audio commentary this year, uh, go... God damn it. This year. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, if folks remember, I also have a bit of a tell, which usually we edit out, but uh, the number of times will I will just stop in the middle of a sentence and say nope or Ugh. no yeah it's like a blah, 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 blah. it's like the the Mars attacks Martians like ah, 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 ah. the last Adrian Lin film yep. in the erotic thrillers sorry which is the last David <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah 2019 guests representing I feel like uh we had like a a period where a now nah, just got all that um <laughs> And welcome back to Chucky Queers. It's your weekly recap of Don Mancini's second season. Nope. <sighs> you know what? We'll get it out of the way it's right away. It's, I know it's Monday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> 
So looking at this from a sheer logistics perspective now. So the the dinner scene I find is interesting. So this is why I can definitely see. Oh my god. Well, and Brooke is also fulfilling. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm interested too because one of the uh, this show has gone pulled out has that, and she's the one who suffered. Well, maybe or didn't suffer because everybody else has a more terrible fate. Gina yeah, I mean, like. Well, thankfully, my blooper sounded better than your Mars Attacks impersonation because <laughs> that hurt my ears. <laughs> so one of my other tells is that I do often say that I need to take it again or I tell you you need to take it again. Yep. And uh, let's go to that. All right, everyone. Well, that will conclude another year of horror um, hereditaries of, of, of the hereditaries. Oh, my God, it's too late. Um, so, of course, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this. And please make sure you stay tuned at the end of next year or I'm sorry, the end of this year for the next round of voting for the next set of hereditaries. Oh, my God. But, take that again. I know. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Oh, my God. OK, very much so. All right. What we do in the shadows. Uh, it's a two. No, sorry. Yes. Now, yes, too. Let me try that again. <laughs> this was very much a the parts are better than the sum of yep. the whole. Sorry, let me take that again. <laughs> I don't know that they say women, but they they basically suggest that the town is now under a curse that if you become sexually aroused. Sorry, I'm going to take that again. They do say it. <laughs> so we're going to watch. Somebody's watching me. Someone's watching me. Yes. <laughs> Let me try it again. <laughs> okay. But, you know, sometimes there are things that are out of our control. You know, you live yes. next to what seems to be an endless supply of fire trucks. Um, mm-hmm. I have dogs. We've got printer things. There is construction going on. So, um, you know, sometimes we have to record in less than ideal circumstances. And this is what comes of that. Indeed. And cross out horror queers. And one sec, because my computer went to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, and we should point out that Lucy Lawless was, is married to, like, one of the, the, the head honchos on Ash vs. Evil Dead, which is why she's kind of in this group. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and they were shooting. Oh, my God. <laughs> is it a light reader? I was worried this is going to happen. They're doing renovations in the unit above me. Oh. <laughs> so this will now continue. Yeah, and they tried to make it up after the fact. Sorry. That's okay. That must be fun for you, though. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like this all day, every day. God, I guess they think that you're like, you know, away working. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do break at, at about like 5 or 5.30. But oh, still. that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's so generous of them. Probably going to make it or break it for you, but I think if you walk in knowing that, you might be more receptive of the content you're getting. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is that? Apparently, like a four alarm fire? I don't know. <laughs> We're here. The time is now, right? It is Lizzie's time, is it not? It is. And hold on, because my dog just crawled out from under the bed and I thought he was in his crate. So, <laughs> okay. Well, I gotta get him out of this room. <laughs> Be our hero. Okay. Be our champion. Oh, shit. Sorry. Hold on. Doggy. Someone's knocking on my door. Um, let me go wake up my husband really quick, mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> and Trace's message that his printer ink is cleaning, so he just needs to be <laughs> for a second. 
honestly. But does that it fucking... sound like like a, a foghorn by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I wish. How great would that be? <laughs> yeah, it's um, but uh, well, but mm-hmm. this is also like really like. God damn it! Sorry, my printer's going off. I know I'm you can fine. hear it, but it will pick up. <laughs> it's because I printed my notes right before we did this. <laughs> oh boy. 2023 is hopefully the year when I will no longer be living under any of those circumstances. Oh my god, please. (laughs) I'm glad that it's a fire truck station, a fire truck station, a fire station though, because Mm -hmm. I always think that someone's getting murdered next to you. Uh, I mean, I do live in Canada's biggest city, so there are plenty of people who die here. Jesus. Well, okay, so how about other things that didn't fit into a neat, tidy category name, right? So here's uh, just kind of other uh, uh, bits and bobs that we wanted to share for you in the bloopers. And I was like, it's $50 for this movie I've never seen. I've never heard of it. Fuck you, Joe. Go eat a dick. Wait, nope, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Try that again. Yep. And we're talking, this job is more than sticking thermometers in butts and looking pretty. And I'm Joe. (laughs) That was the one I picked. Ah! (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Hold on. I have the the exchange. Um, Okay. I still think it's really good, but yeah, oh, yeah. it's, it's oh, definitely yeah. a narrative hurdle. If you're like, let's get to the good stuff. Keep going. Oh, no, that was it. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> well, before... God, this mouth thing. Mm-hmm. My God. As well as something like Mulholland Drive, which has a very ah. important, like, blue moment, as we talked about in our previous episode. Sorry, I was blowing my nose. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Also, hold on. I just heard a cabinet open in my kitchen, and now I'm, like, freaked out because it's not supposed to be. Okay. (laughs) Must have been above us, but it, like, freaked me out because the door was unlocked, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, so I just went through, like, went through my entire apartment. I was like, under the the bed, behind the clothes in the closet, behind the shower curtain. Like, is someone in here? (laughs) I mean, hello, yes, you need to. You live in a major city where if you have your door open for even a millisecond, you owe it to yourself to make sure you're alone in your house. Like, it literally sounded like he was just like, he opened something like a, pan- a cabinet in the kitchen and just like shut it. Like, I, whatever, it must have been upstairs. Anyway. Okay. okay. Um, where are you guys, by the way? I'm in Austin, Texas. Joe is in Toronto, Canada. Oh, fantastic. I love Canada. Toronto, Ontario. I'm sorry. Joe's probably like Trace. <laughs> Ontario, Ontario. Would you like me saying Austin, US? <laughs> Toronto, Canada. <laughs> oh my God. Kills me every time. <laughs> and Trace, we are a queer horror podcast, so we're definitely doing our best to uh, make sure that we're recognizing forward advances. So. When it comes to things like pronouns, we want to make sure that we get it right. And sometimes we get it really fucking wrong. (laughs) And you especially. I am terrible at this. I apologize in advance. I do really like this. I actually think this is the best that Nico does in Mm -hmm. his performance as Trevor. In their performance. Thank you. (laughs) I think we've got bloopers just for this. Hey, it's not just me, right? There are times, specifically, it's when she's drinking blood where her face Say does. It again. God damn it. Damn, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> the thing that remake gets wrong is the. It's always. It's when she. 
damn it. And Ellie encourages him to hit back hard. Oh, she's like, bitch, you gotta hit them back. Otherwise, they're gonna keep doing it. <laughs> Trace, do it again. Oh, damn it. So this is great, though. I, I, this entire... Th this honestly works as a short film to me. Like, from, uh, from her going into the uh -huh. hospital to, nope. to, to Hakan's fall. Sorry, oh, do it again. Perfect, like, little five-minute oh, movie. Oh, damn it. Damn it. I know. I really like Nito, Nico Tortorella. He gets a lot of flack. I remember when he did that um, Celebrity RuPaul's Drag Race, and a lot of people were just like, shut the fuck up. Oh, sorry, Trace. You gotta go back. It's they. Damn it. Fuck it. Like, I really like him. I find him very nope. charming. Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> okay. I just don't really think they're given enough good material because the one big deleted scene that they're in that's cut out is uh, with him and Jill in the hospital. Them. Damn it. Yeah, that about covers it, I think. That does. So, um, I don't know, Joe. Do, do we have anything to say before we wrap this up? I mean... I would say that we have talked a lot about ourselves, things that we're proud of, things that we're not always very good at, things that people should check out on the Patreon at patreon.com backslash horrorqueers. <laughs> and um, I guess I would love to hear from folks about what your favorite episodes are or the conversations that were more meaningful than you expected them to be. Like we love to hear from you folks. And sometimes we'll hear a, ooh, that was a great episode, but we'd love to know a little bit more. Yeah, I guess, too, are there things that we tried out this year that you want to see more of, things that we do that we don't want to see more of? Be polite about it when you send those things. Um, <laughs> Constructive criticism. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. And, uh, and also, oh, did we change your mind on any film? That's ooh. always something I'm really excited to hear. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm hmm. But, um, but yeah, okay, well, I guess we'll uh, close this out, Joe. We've, we've spent about the past hour plus talking about ourselves, so uh, let's get out while we're ahead. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, folks, you, you've heard us say it a bunch of times, so you know where to get content, main feed, Patreon. If you want anything else, send us an email or some kind of social media connection. Who knows what's still available at this time? Sure thing. But on that note, I think we can cross out our uh, 2022 wrap-up slash blooper reel. Indeed, and cross out horror queers. Thank you.